Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the July 27th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at number 1655 through 1658 of the Catechism. 6. The Domestic Church, 1655. Christ chose to be born and to grow up in the bosom of the Holy Family of Joseph and Mary. The Church is nothing other than the family of God. From the beginning, the core of the Church was often constituted by those who had become believers, together with all their households. When they were converted, they desired that their whole household should also be saved. These families who became believers were islands of Christian life in an unbelieving world. In our own time, in a world which is often alien and even hostile to the faith, believing families are of primary importance as centres of living, radiant faith. For this reason, the Second Vatican Council, using an ancient expression, calls the family Ecclesia Domestica, the domestic church. It is in the bosom of the family that parents are, by word and example, the first heralds of the faith with regard to their children. They should encourage them in the vocation which is proper to each child, fostering with special care any religious vocation. 1657. It is here that the father of the family, the mother, children and all members of the family exercise the priesthood of the baptized in a privileged way by the reception of the sacraments, prayer and thanksgiving, the witness of a holy life and self-denial and act of charity. Thus, the home is the first school of Christian life and a school for human enrichment. Here one learns of endurance and the work, the joy of work, fraternal love, generous, even repeated forgiveness, and above all divine worship in prayer and in offering one's life. 1658. We must also remember the great number of single persons who, because of the particular circumstances in which they have to live, often not of their own choosing, are necessarily are especially close to Jesus' heart and therefore deserve special affection and active solicitude of the church, especially of pastors. Many remain without a human family, often due to conditions of poverty. Some live in their situation in the spirit of the Beatitudes, serving God and their neighbour in an exemplary fashion. The doors of homes are the domestic churches and of the great family which is the church must be open to all of them. No one is without a family in this world. The church is a home and family for everyone, especially those who labour and are heavenly, heavily laden. Okay, so this finishes the section on the church. Um, sorry, not the section on the church. The section on, on, on matrimony, on marriage. Looking at the domestic church, the family. This understanding in Christianity that the cell the the, the 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 cells that make up the church the parish are families households of faith this is very important this is why the family is so important if we don't have families we can't have the church you know a monastery is lovely a monastery is fantastic a convent is beautiful but it's not the church the church needs families that we need these families, and the families are absolutely necessary as places to live the faith, islands 
of Christianity in a pagan sea. It's how the Catechism speaks about the uh, the early church. And yes, that uh, yes, they are. Um, th- that was the case in the early church, but also um, it's also the case today, as our Christian countries go further and further away from the gospel, reject their values, reject their traditions, reject where they came from. Again, Christian families have to become these islands of Christian faith in an unbelieving world. That this is what we are um, called to do in our houses, in our families. And that this is, again, something beautiful. To see a true Christian family, a family that lives the Christian faith, which is more than just practising, it's more than just going to Mass. It's much more than going to Mass. Obviously going to Mass is important, but it's much more than this. It's where they can live the priesthood of the baptised, that they can live, um, you know, the joy of work, fraternal love, generous even repeated forgiveness, and divine worship and prayer and the offering of one's life. You have to offer your life. And again, we need the grace of God to do it. Those who are married get a special gift of this grace through the sacrament of matrimony. But that to be Christian means to offer yourself to Christ, to offer yourself to the others. And uh, the family is something that helps us to this, this domestic church. And so this is what the, the church is about. This is how the church is made. And this is why marriage is such an important sacrament. Again, I'm kind of sorry that they made the decision when they were writing the catechism to put marriage as the last of the seven sacraments. Maybe you can look at it as them uh, increasing in importance nearly. Um, but marriage is not the, uh, somehow or other an add-on or a sacrament for like uh, normal people whereas priesthood is a sacrament for special people. Not at all. Marriage is absolutely necessary for the future of the church, for the future of humanity, that the church can live well here, that the church can be holy here. This holiness in the family is something we absolutely need and that the church has to fight for, has to fight for the family. That the family is is perhaps the most important reality in the world. So we finish up now reading the in brief section for this um, for this sacrament. In brief, 1659, St. Paul said, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. This is a great mystery, and I mean it in reference to the Christ and the church. 1660, the marriage covenant by which a man and a woman form with each other an intimate communion of life and love has been founded and endowed with its own special laws by the Creator. By its very nature, it is ordered to the good of the couple as well as of the generation and education of children. Christ the Lord raised marriage between baptised to the dignity of a sacrament. 1661. The sacrament of matrimony signifies the union of Christ and the Church. It gives spouses the grace to love each other with the love with which Christ has loved his Church. The grace of the sacraments thus perfects the human love of the spouses, strengthens their indissoluble unity, and sanctifies them on the way to eternal life. 1662. Marriage is based on the cons- on the consent of the contracting parties, that is, on their will to give themselves each to the other mutual and de- mutually and definitively, in order to live a covenant of faithful and fruitful love. 1663. Since 
Marriage establishes the couple in a, in a public state of life in the church. It is fitting that a sacrament to be celebrated in public in the framework of a liturgical celebration before the priest or a witness authorised by the church, the witnesses and the assembly of the faithful, 1664. Unity, indissolubility and openness to, to fertility are essential to marriage. Polygamy is incompatible with the unity of marriage. Divorce separates what God has joined together. The refusal of fertility turns married life away from its supreme gift, the child. 1665. The marriage of persons divorced from a living lawful spouse contravenes the plan and law of God as taught by Christ. They are not separated from the church, but they cannot receive Eucharistic communion. They will lead Christian lives, especially by educating their children in the faith. 1666. The Christian home is the place where children receive the first proclamation of the faith. For this reason, the family home is rightly called the domestic church, a community of grace and peace, a school of human virtues and of human charity. Very well, so we'll continue tomorrow and tomorrow we'll be looking at 1667, sorry, 1667 to 1676. God bless.